So in third place, um, we do the, the dirty book cut. Uh, meaning it's it's sometimes we forget, but actually we we need direction in life to know what seasons it is, right? We will never know it's winter unless you know the inventorial beliefs start falling off. It's zero degrees Celsius. It's cold. Yeah, months. <laughs> you know, you, you, you and, and then for a moment, you know winter was coming, but now you're in winter and you change with the season. And it's the same with our spirituality, it's the same with our belief, it's the same in our jobs, in everything in life, there's change constantly. And we are reminded by that by maybe a project, maybe circumstances, or maybe something as normal as winter. And ordinary time, also known as kingdom time, is a, a new season. It's the longest season in the church calendar year. And the big reason and for, for that is, um, concerning my own opinion, I'm probably the case, is that ordinary time is practice what you preach. So ordinary time is most probably, actually, it's the longest because we really need more time <laughs> to learn how to love people. <laughs> we really need more time to understand actually what we believe in, what we try to understand, and what's great about it, it's a season to practice. It's a season to try out. And basically, it, in a normal understanding, is like we all try to fix ourselves before we say that we are able to help others, right? We all try to, you know, make sure we are all healed before you can give healing. And that is not what ordinary time is. Ordinary time is not for you to get healed. <laughs> ordinary time is for you in your brokenness to be part of the healing process. Even if it's your own life or those around you. So for a moment we need to make that switch. So welcome in ordinary time. Uh, and it's also one of the most challenging uh, seasons in the calendar because the focus is what did you do in this week to practice out your faith or what opportunities were there that you failed in or succeeded in. And that would most probably be one of the uh, questions uh, with Mang Saint in this season, which we'll reflect on. But for me, usually when it comes to belief and Jesus, it's understanding of what we need to do, is, especially after the season of Easter, is um, when Jesus went um, up in the clouds. I still remember my conversation with one of my Capetonian friends, uh, which uh, stopped smoking weed. Uh, thank God, because it's <laughs> his health really went downwards um, or backwards. And um, I remember the one day he never knew I was a pastor. If you have heard this story before, sorry. Um, and he told me, dude, it's like Randy, he runs out early in the morning and says, Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> I was like, um, I believe, I do believe in aliens. Um, uh, just tell me a little bit what do you mean. It's like the Bible, Jesus. Going up in a cloud with a silver lining, spaceship, <laughs> and this theory just lost it away. And um, I just listened, and then actually, like a few days later, he 
heard that I was a, a Germany and he had that moment of doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a great conversation after that. But um, the metaphor around this is, is maybe you need to be that person running out in this season, trying something random or explaining something random, or you're going to be the guy having your coffee outside and being blasted away by somebody <laughs> doing something or acting in a random way and just being part of it, not trying to convert it or uh, prove it wrong or right. Make sense? All right. So I'm going to read a piece of text and I, don't, and I want to ask a question. So the question would be, <coughs> what does this mean? Right. So it's a short text. You've probably heard it before, but um, it's uh, something that we have to talk about a little bit tonight. So I really need your help. I won't be as um, direct and as, as honest uh, or as brutally honest as my own plastic, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be a little bit slower. So uh, the, the message is actually the last thing according to Matthew that Jesus taught his disciples. And um, it's um, interesting always because we read this as a missionary text somewhere when we send something out to Zimbabwe or Malawi or whatsoever, you know, if they're going somewhere foreign. And we, we are all left with this last great commission. We are all left with it. And the question is, what do we do with it? So let me read it. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain when Jesus has told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. It's always interesting for me in this, where these moments on mountains in the Bible, they are never perfect. <laughs> they roll out or they fall asleep. <laughs> and then there's all those, you know, which are really energetic and they push hard to stay awake, or they worship. That's like those different cultures just in this group of 11 disciples. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am your, I'm with you always to the very end of ages. We've all heard that text before, right? The Great Commission text, where Jesus is giving like the last order, last mission, last, uh, well, or at least the start, maybe, of a new journey, way forward for the disciples without it. So just in your own life, where you've maybe experienced this before, what came up? What does this mean? Anybody? It always felt to me like it was always used in the context of people evangelizing. So it never felt like it's applicable to me. It's right. people who spend time evangelizing. It's go out and go make shepherds. Or you are what to make disciples. Yeah, yeah. And make disciples. Yeah, make disciples. I'm like, it's not, not for me. Don't be what you don't Yeah, yeah. And that's very true. That is probably one of the biggest ways it has been 
brought forth. It's like it's somebody going somewhere else which is an evangelize. For me, that is somebody with a small little pamphlet <laughs> asking you two very important questions. If you die today, <laughs> yeah, where are you going? And uh, if, yeah, what, how, if, uh, if they've chosen house, like why? It's the second question. All right, anybody else? Who here has been confronted with a reality like that? You know, it's like going to somebody else, it's a text meant for somebody else. Yeah? Huh? Well. Um, I, um, all of us tend to focus on the first part, um, with the, even when you pray for people who are going to India or wherever, um, but at a stage in my life, I, um, I want to say almost read, realized for the first time while reading the, I will be with you all the days till the end of the earth. Um, and that is a beautiful thing. And that it changed the way I read the first part as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's like the comfort part of the message saying, I will be with you. Um, I realized in my own life when I was 18, and um, usually when, well, not usually, in that time, uh, most of the metrics would go do something for a year before I start studying, right? Mm -hmm. We all remember that time. Um, I'm not sure if it's still the same really. But some of them went to Europe to go work, security guards, most of my friends did that. <laughs> what adventure, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then some of them went out to actually like be part of uh, music groups, uh, gospel groups, or myself, I chose to do a mission all year. I went out for a year where we got trained for the least rich people groups. And one of the biggest con or biggest um, reasons I did this was because of the stakes, which somebody read in a service, and I was just like, yes, but I really want to be that person that goes out and shares the gospel further than my own understanding of Pretoria. And that's why I did something like that. And, the, and the, the great thing about it is that it is also right. But something that really goes missing is like, what now? Because what do you do for them? What's that answer? What's that answer? Yeah, I don't know. Let's think about that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do research trials. Research trials. Agrochemical for agrochemical company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Landscape architect. Landscape architect. Uh, and uh, I can go on, but most of us are probably in corporate or studying or whatsoever. Uh, and then you have to stop asking yourself a question. But if I read this text and I have the understanding that it's for somebody going out, you know, like off these matric here to go and read, what does it mean for me today? Because I'm going to put it in two categories, right? I'm going to put it in the doubters and believers category. So we're playing a little bit with metaphor. The believers, the guy standing there, Nick, 18, I'm going to the least rich people groups on the planet. Please train me for it. I am doing it. And then there's the doubters. But is this text meant for me? And the big question around that is, if this text is meant for me and I'm not going, what am I doing? 
And this is the beauty of ordinary time, because this question is what we need to ask in ordinary time. And the thing is, it's not about if you're a believer or a doubter, but it's maybe we have to turn the reality of the season into but it's for believers and doubters. And the main reason for this is Jesus didn't say anything about the doubters or about the believers in this text. He just went on. He just said, don't worry, I will be with you. Now for a moment there, just think about it. Because I know they all went on mission trips, if we could say it like that, you know, evangelizing to many more people coming to know the Lord and they were all died horrible deaths. And it was a gruesome reality. And then we have to ask ourselves, but how is that applicable to me as being a reacher? A reacher? Uh, well, what did we do in the science department? You know, how is that applicable in my life? Because to be honest, it is. It isn't for only that guy or girl that goes out for all. It isn't only for that place around the corner which gives space for beggars to sleep. They, they are not the only missional humans or followers of Jesus. Because for me they fall a little bit more into the believers category and not the doubters category. And then we have to ask ourselves where we are today in our corporate or student life or wherever you are, how do I do this? Because Jesus is asking that to the doubters and the believers. He's not saying to those who have made it, you know, and we are very happy and happy about it. He's saying to them, he's also saying to them who don't understand it. They don't doubt by doubting. For a moment there, they're standing in front of Jesus that was raised from the dead, right? And they are doubting. And to be honest, when somebody reads this text, there is a little bit of a scary part around it. Because is this text challenging me to ask somebody those two weird questions? <laughs> if you die today, will you go to heaven or hell? And then um, when the answer comes, I remember we, we went on this uh, school holiday project, Stamdaxi um, Margaret. And we asked, we asked everybody this question, and it was the most fun we ever had, you know, hearing the answers and everything like that. And we did it with so much passion. And um, I'm stop judging you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doubt that. Man, believe it. Yeah, okay. And then. Focus. I know that was a line more red today. But bringing it back from all red, the is how does my life become applicable to what Jesus has asked me <coughs> to do? And the question, once again, again, is what do you do for a living? How many times in your job? <laughs> Do you talk in a boardroom meeting about Jesus? 
Maybe a hardly ever. I know, I know of the, um, my dad's um, firm that he worked for, they went to an Angus Buckham thing, and when they came back, still today, they pray on Monday and Friday um, together. And so I know that's the only corporate company that I know that actually does something like that. But the weird thing always is, and I'll end with that story of my dad, is like, it's always still so awkward. Even for myself, you know, I really hide the reality from people, especially those who don't know that I am a Germany. <laughs> because they get really stiff around you. And uh, that's crazy for me, to be honest. But, oh, okay, everything aside, let's get back to the reality. So the question comes to, how is this thing applicable to where you are working? Because those are probably the only people you kind of meet, but you don't know. And you're not sure where they are in their life. And I think the biggest problem we do is we read in the text. <laughs> you know? No, no, not literally, but in a, in a metaphorical way, we think, I embrace you with the last words Jesus told me. And not about the story of where we had compassion on someone who lost a child. And that is what ordinary time is going to teach us. Is to not come to the place where we think that we are on top of the mountain and we have made it, but actually that we will reverse back into the stories that Jesus told his disciples, showed his disciples, that we read that they told us to become more of a follower, a human, to be part of those you don't know lives. So this is the craziest reality about the story because this is what makes it so beautiful is the fact that it's a challenge for us not to tell them if you die today, it's a challenge to ask us the reality are we willing to become part of their lives? Are we willing to start to know and to learn the human, the person, whoever working next to you in the office or have been working with for a while? Are you really willing to become that person's friend? Because it's not easy. We are very closed up human beings, right? We maybe let's do it like this. When you were in school, right, and you were 16, it was easy to make friends. You were in the same rugby team, you practiced together, or you uh, were in the same choir, or a dance group, or whatsoever. So it was easy because you were with one another. You were like middle in. You had some clouds hot. But now, when we are all grown up and we are working, we go to work, we work, and the return that we expect is the end of the month's salary, right? It's like that corporate understanding of it. So the here comes the reality. Maybe you don't need to go anywhere. You just need to be more willing to make a friend 
where you are. And the most important question would be if you have succeeded in the last two years, let's say last two years, in this category is name two new friends. Like you've only known them in the last two years. You've, you've met them and you have become really good friends. Is there anybody here who knows them? Yeah, okay, cool. Here's support. Eh? So ordinary times, Michelle. <laughs> but the thing is, like, when we were in school, it was like a normal thing to do that. But today, it's not, where we are, it's not as easy. Um, and Jesus is challenging us in this reality to step into a new way of living towards everyone around um, it's like Maynard told us that story um, about his suffering uh, which was uh, has cancer and he visited and we, went up, we, we cycled together this morning and he told me that he were, was at her service yesterday so she passed away and the thing is we were on the bike and we talked about it and Adele was like, yo, I know the lady, she studied with me on Pukka. And you maybe never know how small your community is or where you work and how you are connected to anyone and if you're not willing to meet up or have a deeper conversation than just work. And it's going to take a lot of sacrifice in a way because it means that you are not going to uh, only ask them what they need to do. But you're going to ask them how they are doing. And the magic about that is that it's the most awkward, awkward <laughs> question to ask. Especially when you need to answer it. What do you mean? I'm, I'm doing good, thank you. And then, usually there, we stop. Right? Hello, Ghanet. Good dankie. Good dankie. And then, this is where like, the training part comes in. To break through that boundaries. Like, Tell me, how is your wife? How is your kids? Oh, okay. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Boy, continue on. It's like, oh, is everybody healthy? You're going to probably be a little bit more annoying. <laughs> it's like, they're probably going to have a conversation behind your back. Hell, this is the weirdest question for all the I took the question for all And the beauty is, that's what Jesus is actually maybe asking us. To be that awkward person that wants to become part of someone's life, that has meaning towards them. As we are all sitting here, I've realized once again when Maynard asked ask the, the question which he started off by saying, is there anything bad like you've ever had to doubt within your life? And he shared his dad passing away. And a few of us also shared, you know, short stories of our lives. I once again was so awakened about the reality of how broken we are. How much we struggle as individuals and as families together or whatsoever. Like in our family, um, like my dad passed away uh, next month a year ago uh, from cancer. And at this moment, my, like a month ago, my cousin, yeah, so we had the same. Uh, he's struggling with breast cancer. 
So it's like, it never stops. <laughs> so you, you can never fix someone's story, but you can become a part of it. And the question is, are you willing? Jesus is asking us when he tells us this last great commission. Are you willing to become part of those around you life? Because they are as broken as you are. But the moment you love one another, you will realize once again that there maybe is hope. Or that you will remind someone that love give, gives us moments of peace. Uh, one of the, the most beautiful moments in my dad's passing was actually my um, where he, uh, his dad passed away a few years ago. And then he helped me through my dad's stuff and walking and always asking. And then I remembered um, after my dad passed away, he came to our house. And he has never met my mom. And he just brought a, a massive, big bunch of white roses. And all he said, I am sorry. So maybe you don't know that person sitting next to you, but you've maybe heard something bad has happened to them. Be that person that buy the roses. A small example. Um, in this week, um, my father-in-law spoke to me and their neighbors who said, known for many years now, um, son, which has like a primary school daughter, who was at work, just passed away from a heart attack. And you would never know if your neighbor is not your friend. Who yeah, knows their neighbor? Like a literal neighbor. Muriel! Ker! Wait now! Wait now! Say, I'm not. And you hear one of my yeah, and you hear one was already. I knew my neighbor too well. Decided to marry her. So, here's a few samples. They're just examples of how we can maybe do the disciple thing to understand it better. We can maybe start to train together. <laughs> we can organize times where we sit and eat and drink together with somebody we don't know at lunch. Or we can just say that, well, you've got to do this project, it may help you. And the uh, crazy thing is that when I was writing these things down, maybe one of the biggest things that you need to do in an ordinary time <laughs> is to be um, gehoorzaam. Obedient. Yeah. Just maybe in ordinary time you need to practice being obedient. You need to love always. Maybe you need to make peace. Maybe you need to make new friends. Maybe you need just to keep more of yourself. Maybe you need to start trusting God or trusting others. And then we can all start adding towards that, that and then maybe one of the things that stuck to me is that maybe we can stop after we fight and pray together. Because I really struggle praying for food. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're full and you're happy, then it's always easier like it for me. Then I can do long ones. <laughs> And then this is the question that I want to leave you then for this season. Because we're going we're gonna to 
going to different ways in the season, but ordinary time is for us to become the way. It's for us to become compassion. It's for us to become love, to become grace, to become peace. For those that you know and that you already love, and those that you have not yet had the opportunity to know. And that's not always as easy. You're going to have moments of belief and you're going to have moments of doubt. And then um, I'll end off with my dad's story. I remember because of this Monday and Friday prayer thing, right? Uh, I was sitting uh, with him in, in um, isolation when he was still getting his treatment. And I'm not sure, but life, when you meet your death, you know, when you are very close to die, you have really weird questions, especially when you're on morphine and <laughs> a lot of other drugs, you know. And, and he, just, he just told me, he said, son, I have this big question on my heart. It's like, okay, great. It's like, all the youngsters, you know, at our, uh, um, uh, at our job or why the engineer um, where we work, um, they don't come to prayer on Mondays and Fridays. And it's so frustrating because the reality is if, um, uh, if, if they, they've all known from a long you know, time ago, before they started working there, so we do that on Mondays and Fridays. So then every time they schedule a meeting or something else in those times. So I am hopeful <laughs> of reminding them about our Mondays and Friday prayers. Uh, so what must I do? Must, uh, and, uh, must I go into the office, you know, walk and just tell them, come. <laughs> no. Come now. And I told my dad, please don't. <laughs> please don't do that. And, uh, and I told him one thing and he said, you know what you said is right. And I told him, just never give up on them. And in an ordinary time, don't give up on yourself. And don't give up in times when it goes really bad and terrible around you. But practice the little bit that you know. So I had this like a cheesy quote for training naked. Give a hand, not a pamphlet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get to like it a lot. This boy cheesy. We can like pamphlet on those. Eh? <laughs> it should be so funny. Give a hand, not a pamphlet. Or the dead time. Great. So, um, is there anybody else that maybe wants to share something? Up to you. So, we all know the intro to it's ordinary time. Nobody's going to be here. It's like, come here, night. Um, yeah, great. Let's pray to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can just sit here for a moment and be reminded that you are always with us. <coughs> that we can be reminded that a, a small piece of text like this can change our lives and other people's lives in so many ways. I know that in our own lives that we are not perfect and that we are also broken. And that we have all struggles. But I pray that we will 
learn from those struggles, from those moments of disbelief, and create belief or hope for those who have maybe lost it as well. I pray, Lord, that we will not only just live our lives as if it's a normal ritual, but that we will actually live our lives with a little bit more intent. Knowing that as followers of Jesus, we have a responsibility to love others. And in that manner, you are with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.